0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. plus. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network.
4: It is VSIN's primetime action live from the South Point Hotel Casino, Tipple Strip. Las Vegas, Nevada, right here on a Tuesday night. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, glad you could hang with us. No uh, no hockey tonight after Tampa Bay got off the schneid yesterday to uh, put their series at 2-1 to one against the Avalanche at the Stanley Cup Finals. But we do have plenty of baseball, and what a news day it was.
5: Yeah, stick around, hang around. We'll talk about middle school, what we uh, got accomplished whenever we were younger. Right, you know, right. Different little things that still sure. haunt us to this day. Anything traumatic that hung over <laughs> into our adulthood. Uh, 7.05 Eastern, we got the Cubs and the Pirates. Matt Swarmer and Ronzi Contreras. Contreras and the Pirates are minus 145 home favorites, plus 125 on the Cubs on the road as underdogs. A flat 9 is your total. 7.05 Eastern, we got the Nationals and the Orioles. Eric Fetty, Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles and the Orioles are minus 130 home favorites, plus 110 for the Nationals on the road. 9.5 is your total. I have a play in this one. Is it the Orioles at minus 130? It is not. Is it the Nationals at plus 110? It is not. Here it comes. Is it the over or the under nine and a half runs? I feel it. It is not. It is will over under 0.5 home runs. Obviously the over for Mount Castle. <gasps> Mount Castle. Six to one, by the way, on that. It's only fitting. Six to one on that one. We'll see. Maybe he can get that one done for us early here. Again, that first pitch in about four minutes. Yankees and the Rays. Nestor Cortez is going for the Yankees. No listed pitcher for the Rays for whatever reason here. I'm sure it has been announced somewhere. Uh, We'll get that. We'll do that work for you. Cortez and the Yankees, minus 165 road favorites, plus 140 on the Rays. Flat seven is the total. Tigers and Red Sox. Bo Brisky and Rich Hill. We have Rich Hill and the Red Sox is minus 195. Home favorites, Bo Brisky and the Tigers, plus 165. Road Underdogs, nine and a half. The total, 720 Eastern Giants and Braves, Anthony D. Spencer Strider. Strider and the Braves are minus 180. Home favorites, plus 155 on D. in the Giants. On the road, a flat nine is your total. 740 Eastern The Guardians and the Twins, Aaron Savali, Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan and the Twins are minus 155. Home favorites, Savali and the Guardians are plus 135. Road underdogs, 9.5 is your total. If you have Guardians bets and or just a fan of the Guardians, Uh, breathe easy, Jose Ramirez is back in the lineup tonight yeah. for them after missing a couple of games. That thumb apparently is a little bit better. He feels good enough to go tonight. 805 Eastern, the Phillies and the Rangers. Revenge game, Gills. The revenge game angle for Kyle Gibson going up against the Rangers. Martin Perez, a minus 135 home favorite, plus 115 on Gibson. And the Phillies has Road Underdogs a flat eight. And when the Phillies take on the Rangers, just throw out the records. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, the revenge angle for Kyle Gibson as well. For Kyle Gibson, I understand. Mets and Astros, Trevor Williams for the Mets. Jose Urquidy for the Astros. Minus 145 on Urquidy and the Astros as home favorites. Plus 125, Williams and the Mets as road underdogs. A flat nine is your total. Blue Jays and the White Sox, Kevin Gaussman, Dylan Cease. This is minus 135 in favor of the Road Blue Jays, White Sox at home, plus 115, Underdogs, and a total of flat nine. 810 Eastern, the Cardinals and the Brewers. Jack Flaherty for the Cardinals, Chichi Gonzalez for the Brewers, minus 125 for the Cardinals on the road over Gonzalez. No Paul Goldschmidt in the lineup tonight for the Cardinals, plus 105 for the Brewers as home Underdogs, flat nine is the total. 938. We got the Royals and the Angels. Jonathan Heasley, Reed Detmers. Detmers and the Angels, minus 175. Home favorites, plus 145 on Heasley and the Royals. It's road underdogs, 9.5. The total, 940 Eastern Diamondbacks and Padres. Zach Gallen, Sean Manaya Mania and the Padres are minus 140. Home favorites over the Diamondbacks, plus 120 if you want the road underdogs, 6.5. The total, and then 940 Eastern, your final first pitch, is the Mariners and the A's. Marco Gonzalez, James Caprillion. Marco Gonzalez and the Mariners are minus 130 road favorites, plus 110 on the A's as home underdogs. Eight and a half, your total. And who do we have going for the Rays tonight? Beeks is the opener. Jalen Beeks.
4: Jalen Beeks opening for the Rays tonight. Uh, We are uh, full of guests on the schedule tonight. Uh, Kelly got calls answered today, which is, uh, you know, a little June anomaly. Uh, Adam Burke will join us in studio. Adam Burke is already in studio to talk baseball with us. Uh, We'll do that shortly with him. Adam Levitan here later to talk NBA draft, 48 hours away from the NBA draft, as will Drew Dinsick from both the Deep Dive and Bet the Edge podcast. There was a whole bunch of movement with Paolo Boncaro over the last couple days. We'll talk to Drew about that. And then at the end of the show, our very own Daniel Alvare, the host of the uh, L.A. City cast and an original member of of uh, the quartet that was primetime action when it first started oh, almost two years ago, joins us because this is also my last night on primetime action. So we're getting the whole band back together, and I will have things to say. I want to get some stuff off my chest. It's the airing of grievances. The
6: airing of grievances.
4: The entire <laughs> <Okay>. last segment. <laughs> I Stick around. 945 say. Eastern. Oh, I've been keeping it all this time. All right. Uh, it's just huge news day. Uh, Attorney Tony Busby, first of all, Deshaun Watson's uh, attorney, or the attorney that I should say is filing the lawsuits against Deshaun Watson, says that 20 of 24 of those lawsuits that have been filed against Watson have been settled. Four still remain, including that of Ashley Solis, who you may have seen featured on Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel, as far as what that does to affect the NFL's, uh, uh, you know, judgment on this. Only time will tell. Might not matter at all. We shall see. Rob Gronkowski announced today, Gronk, that he will retire from the NFL from Adam Schefter. In reaction to Rob Gronkowski's news, Drew Rosenhaus texting him, it would not surprise me if Tom Brady calls him during the season to come back, and Rob answers the call, just my opinion, but I wouldn't be surprised if Rob comes back during the season or next season, unquote. So what does that mean? He just does want to go to training camp? Uh,
5: kind of what I read into it. More of the, hey, look, I'll go and and make some money. Also, I think it's probably more to test out the market just to see what he brings to the table here because you look at these incredibly lucrative contracts that these ex-players are getting to get in the booth. And now Gronk's never going to be a booth guy, but he is – tailor-made for one of these pregame shows to do, like, bit pieces and stuff to, like, go into the locker room and joke around with guys and have them do stupid stuff and everything like that. Like, he's tailor-made for that. It would not surprise me if he ends up getting a couple mil a year to do that, and he's like, yeah, I'll just do that instead of get hit.
4: How funny would Gronk be in the booth
5: during a game? Yeah, yeah. He's not a booth guy, but I think he's, like, great for one of those pregame shows or something. On the, as far as the Deshaun Watson thing goes, I think from a betting standpoint, what is fairly interesting now is you know if if all this does get taken care of let's say before the season rolls around i do think maybe the possibility of a year long suspension probably does get reduced right i mean there's i if you look at it from a if you look at it from a okay you've got all this stuff lingering over you we're just going to go ahead and call this season a wash until you get this stuff taken care of well if all of it does and there's still four that are that are lingering so that it might not but it leads me to believe that maybe it comes to where eh, maybe we're looking at that four to eight game, You know, it's like half a season as opposed to the the entire season type thing.
4: You're saying if the other four got settled? Right.
5: Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens
4: with those four. Um, Yeah. If they do get settled, different story altogether, that's for sure, different context under which we are uh, operating. One more NFL note. Retired quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick
5: joining Prime Video's Thursday Night Football broadcast. Amazon Prime. How do you like that? I, uh, I All I know is from kind of his his online persona. I've seen the different funny things that the different teams he's played for have posted and all that. So, I mean, seems like a pretty cool dude. Seems like a Seems like, yeah, I mean, seems like you'll be a good personality. So, yeah, I think it's a good pit.
4: For sure. All right, a lot of golf news in case you missed it today. Obviously, the biggest of that news. Four-time major champion Brooks Kepka, the latest golfer to defect from the PGA Tour to the Live Golf Invitational Series. The Saudi-backed Live Golf Invitational Series, sources confirming to ESPN, Kepka, 32 years old, one of the highest-profile players to join the breakaway circuit, being funded by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, technically, and is fronted by two-time Open winner Greg Norman, of course. Now, in response to the Live Golf threat... The PGA Tour hopes to introduce a revamped schedule that will include increased purses worth at least $20 million in at least eight existing marquee events and three new events in a global golf series that will include no cuts, limited fields, and purses of at least $25 million, sources telling ESPN today. The details still being finalized, subject to change, of course, the sources said, but the overhaul of the PGA Tour schedule expected to be approved immediately for 2023. That in and of itself... Seems like the PGA just saying, Oh, guess we uh guess we at least have to change a little bit.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I mean the Brooks thing doesn't, I don't think, surprise anybody, right? Nope. Like doesn't doesn't surprise anyone. It's basically like, are you hated on tour amongst fans and whatever? Then okay, if you check that box, then good. Oh. Or are you a middling it's, player it's that has no win equity anymore either, then you check that box, then you go to the live tour. It's kind of what it is. It's like the people that you hate and the people you don't want to root for and the people you don't want to bet on. So from a betting standpoint for me. Uh, Brooks Koepka hasn't gotten one of my betting dollars in a couple of years as it is, so it doesn't really change how I view anything. I think his best days are certainly far, far, far behind him, as are most of these guys that have defected over to, to the Live Tour. Most of their best days are behind them as well, so it doesn't really affect me all that much, you know, kind of at all. But I'm glad that the PGA Tour is at least doing that and, like, finding some additional money.
4: Well, so this is, this is neither here nor there. Yeah. It has nothing to do with betting. But doesn't isn't that a little bit of a thing for those live guys to be like, you see? Yeah. They were greedy.
6: I think so. I, I, think I mean, so. I think that's... Pu- it was two weeks ago the PGA Tour's drawing the line in the sand, yep. right? Well the line in the sand just moved back two feet is what I it believe, feels like. I believe I that. I mean they're now they're now gonna shift around the schedule to cater to the players more because the players don't want to play in the fall. They want an off season. So now that so they have golfers that were upset about that. You're catering to that. More money suddenly gets infused. Yeah, I think I think the PGA tour is is showing its true colors, and that it's a little—it's a little scared of what's going on, and they're going to have to cater to, <laughs> to their big-time golfers. Scared for sure, and a bit of a tacit
4: admission, I would say. One more golf note: uh, KPMG Women's PGA Championship announcing that it's doubling the purse this year of its tournament to nine million dollars. This year's winners' check will be one point three five million per ESPN. So good for them. We'll come back. Adam Burke in studio on baseball. Our own Adam Burke on the other side, right here on Veasan's Primetime
1: Action. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking
0: live at Primetime Action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network.
4: The VSIN Summer Special is here for only $19. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today, you'll get VSIN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets. How about that? NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. And if you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily Best Bets email every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcen.com slash summer. And speaking of Adam Burke, we have him in studio. To talk
2: Major League Baseball, how you doing, man? I'm good, good to be back here with you guys, especially on your last he's broadcast of PTA.
5: Like he's never done this before.
6: But Matt, Matt had his pen up in the air. Like he's never done this
5: before. Just he's ready for by, ready for right the I didn't even Care what it was, Canadian? It's fine. It's fine. Oh, because was nineteen dollars. You skipped it all day yesterday. <laughs> I, I was I had it, but you. I I I, you, I, I, I was ready. Fault. I was ready, but it just uh. You know. Well, 20, 20, 24 56. I, You had yeah, to get it out. Twenty-four fifty-six. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, Adam. Yeah. Sorry we had to subject
2: you to that. It's all good. We were, we were talking about... I, I was wondering the exchange rate, so now yeah. I know.
4: No, I know. It, so we were talking off air, you and you and I, right before we got on here, about... Well, all of us were. The fact that there's, so there's college baseball on right now. Arkansas is playing Auburn. It's an elimination game. As the College World Series continues, essentially there's a Final Four kind of after tonight. Though two teams will need one win and, and two others will need two. Um, and we were talking just about how... You know, we show some of us just sort of sort of showed up for the regionals where there were sixty four teams, and some of us have been betting this every day to great success, and have futures that are still alive for a pot of cash, and yet you are grinding away at Major League Baseball on a daily basis, and it just is is does it tweak you sometimes that what you're doing is so much more cerebral than what we're doing, and yet that much more difficult.
2: I don't know if tweak is the right word, but yeah, I mean, it's the MLB is a grind, as you know, yes. I mean it's 162 games over 188 days. It's, it's a lot, but you know, I mean, also I give you guys credit for jumping into this, you know, high variance kind of unknown market to some degree and having great success with it. I mean, those are, those are the opportunities you dream of here. The problem is I'm busy grinding at MLB.
4: Yeah. Well, what do you got tonight? What's one of your picks tonight?
2: Well, one of them tonight actually uh, got a little bit better for me here recently with the Guardians, plus 145, seeing that Jose Ramirez is in the lineup. I know Matt mentioned that during the A block here. Uh, Jose Ramirez going for that precautionary MRI over the weekend. Apparently everything's okay, but that's one to me where you've got Aaron Stavale and Joe Ryan tonight, and I feel like both of those guys maybe go four innings, four and two-thirds, something like that, and then it becomes a battle of the bullpens. And this is why I prefer full-game betting to first-five betting because I think that the Guardians' bullpen – has a pretty big advantage in this game. They're second in reliever ERA, they're uh, sixth in reliever FIP, whereas Minnesota's 14th in reliever ERA, and 25th in reliever FIP. So if this is a close game in the middle innings, and I expect it to be one, then I've got the Guardians' bullpen at plus 145. So I think that's a really strong position to have later on in this game, if it's a tie game or a close game, something like that. And certainly it helps that Jose Ramirez is back in the lineup.
5: How do you feel about Cleveland just overall as a team here, 34 and 28, and, you know, haven't gotten a good – haven't gotten good Aaron Savali yet so far this season if he were were to be able to turn it around. But you've seen some really good performances from some of these young guys, right? I mean, really contributing. You see Gonzalez come up and hit right away. Jimenez has far exceeded what anybody thought from him so far. Quan doing what he's doing. Of course, we, we, we do expect some of these rookies to kind of hit that, you know, the proverbial r- rookie wall at some point or whatever. But um, – these dudes are really, really contributing here. They get back for Emil Reyes. I mean, I, I kind of like the Guardians long-term here, specifically considering you can get them over 4-1 to one to win the division. So there's a lot about
2: the Guardians that I've kind of been studying and trying to figure out. And, and the one thing I noticed about this team early on is that they're fun. I mean, they're much more fun than they have been over the last few years. You've got a lot of those young players, guys that are kind of coming into their own and all of that. There are some things statistically that do worry me. First of all, during this recent stretch where they won 15 of 19, I believe it is, they played a lot of nobodies. Up until that series, they just won against the Dodgers, which I don't want to take anything away from them for that, but the Dodgers are kind of in a little bit of a funk themselves right now, but they played a lot of bad teams to really make that record look a lot better. The second thing is, with two outs and men in scoring position, they've been the best offense in baseball, and by a pretty large margin at that, that's probably not a repeatable skill for this team given the talent level on it, but... Look, their bullpen is much better than I expected. They've got some pretty good prospects down in the minor leagues that may be able to come up in the second half. I still think the White Sox win the Central Division. And, in fact, I think the White Sox are getting to the point where they're worth a World Series futures bet. Hmm. But, I, you know, for the Cleveland, they they may be in this thing for the long haul just because they're scrappy, they make a ton of contact, they've got a good bullpen. They're definitely overperforming my expectations, to say the least. What do you think is the
4: team, the the club that has overperformed the most at this point this year and the club that has... Is- underperform the most?
2: I think one team that's overperformed is actually Minnesota. Uh, you know, Minnesota's a team, they're not getting any length from their starting pitchers whatsoever. And something we talked about Sunday night on the run line with myself and Ben Wilson is on Monday, MLB changed the roster rules. You can only have 13 pitchers on the roster now. So Minnesota's a team that's getting maybe five innings per start from a lot of their guys. They've relied very, very heavily on the bullpen. I don't think this offense is as good as it actually appears to be. So I think they're a team that's really overachieved quite a bit. One other team I think is overachieved here is San Diego. And I love them, and I love Ruben Niebla, who was in the Indians slash Guardians organization. But they're winning with pitching right now. Their offense has not been good. Manny Machado's really carried that team. We'll see how long he ends up being out. But that offense has... Overperformed in a lot of respects. They've got big home road splits where the ball's just not really carrying a Petco Park. I don't think they're as good as their current record suggests. They probably will be a wild card team, but I really didn't expect them to be this good this
5: quickly. Are we in for are we in for some regression here? Or do you think that this Yankees team actually could be one of the one of the greats?
2: So, uh, look, they're on pace for 121 wins. I, I don't really see that. They're a team that they're 12 and four in games where they've scored two or three runs. So, they're winning a lot of these games, three to two, two to one, stuff like that. I don't really think that that's overly sustainable as we go throughout the course of the season here. They've had five starters make at least 12 starts, so they've stayed very healthy in the rotation. And maybe the biggest thing for the Yankees here is just that. You know, they're 14 and 5 in one run games. They keep finding ways to win. And at some point, that's probably going to level off a little bit. They've got the best batting average on balls in play against with runners in scoring position at 220 something, 221, I think it is. That's probably going to regress as well. They're just a league average defensive team. They're just, there are a lot of outliers right now for them that have led to this 50 and 17 start that. They're going to win the division. They may still be the best team in baseball, but they won't sustain this pace.
5: Is, is Chapman just going to take the eighth-inning role, you think, when he comes back? Because, I mean, Holmes has been so incredibly good.
2: I, I mean, I would probably not even use Chapman with a lead, honestly, at least until, you know, you kind of build that confidence back up, see where his control is at. Holmes has been great. Michael King has been great. Uh, they'll get Jonathan go back at some point as well, maybe Zach Britton late in the year. You're at a point now where you don't really have to use a guy like Chapman in a leverage situation, and... I think speaks to just kind of you know, the pitching staff they've been able to grow and develop over the last couple of years.
4: Yeah, Yankees 50-17 and 17 headed into tonight. Uh, because I'm a dork, Adam, I am uh, tracking the 2001 Mariners game by game. Mm-hmm. The Yankees are two games behind the Mariners after 67 games. You may find it fascinating to know the Mariners lose game 68. So the Yankees can get within one tonight of the 2001 Mariners, who ultimately won 116 games and then proceeded to crap out in the postseason. Uh, You have a second pick tonight besides the Guardians. What do you got?
2: Yeah, interestingly enough, it's actually the Mariners who are laying a, a fairly sizable number tonight with Marco Gonzalez on the mound in Oakland against James Kaprelian and the A's. The A's are doing everything that they can to relocate to Vegas. I mean, they are 8-25 and 25 at home this <laughs> year. They're doing. They've scored two and a half runs per game at home. They've actually been fairly competent on the road. They've actually been quite competent on the road, but at home they look like they'd rather be anywhere else. They have a 72 WRC plus and 100 is league average. A 72 WRC plus at home this year. Next closest is Arizona at 79. So, Oakland, we know it's a pitcher's park, but they've been remarkably bad at home. And visiting teams haven't been as bad. They've scored about four and a half runs per game against the A's here so I just look at this one and I thought you know what it's a big number but Oakland doesn't hit lefties well they don't hit well at home they don't have a very good bullpen and one of their primary relievers just went on the IL today and Danny Jimenez so I laid the number with the Mariners I mean Marco Gonzalez's biggest issue is giving up home runs Oakland's hit 14 home runs in their 33 home games so I feel like even a guy like Gonzalez can have success against that lineup tonight
5: don't have a ton of time here, but do you have any thoughts on the awards awards markets? Do you have a, a favorite that you like for either a Cy Young or an MVP or Rookie of the Year or anything like that?
2: Well, One guy I keep thinking about, and I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet, and hopefully I don't come to regret it here tonight because he's facing the Blue Jays, but Dylan Cease is a guy. He's out there in the 25-to-1. Maybe you can find a little bit higher than that uh, for the AL Cy Young. The White Sox play a remarkably weak second-half schedule. They'll only play four teams with a winning record, the Padres, the Astros, the Twins, and the Guardians. So that's another reason why I kind of like them in terms of a World Series future. They play 16 games head-to-head with the Twins. So I think Cease has the opportunity to face some bad lineups in the second half, really kind of drive those numbers up a little bit. I mean, it's going to be tough to top Shane McClanahan or, or Justin Verlander, but I think at this point in time, at 25-1 to with the remaining schedule, Cease has a little bit of, of line equity out there.
4: And Kelly, what do we know about Dylan Cease that makes him such a great uh, candidate as He well? pitches
6: every three nights.
4: He pitches every seemingly every yeah, night. Elite
2: there. mustache, too
6: mustache.
4: Every <laughs> time we're in here, we're convinced. Look at Nestor Cortez. Right. It's all the mustache. It's all the mustache. Adam, we appreciate it. What, the run line with Ben Wilson that you do. What time on Sunday?
2: Yeah, Sundays from 8 to 10 Eastern, and then the daily article over at com with my best bets, market report, observations, all kinds of stuff. Do
4: great work, man. Appreciate, appreciate you it. coming on. Adam Burke, everybody on the show. We'll come back. Super Bowl exactas. Who will beat who in this year's Super Bowl? Each of us have our top three bets. That's next. prime Primetime Action. You
0: are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on V Sin, the sports betting network.
4: Ice cold beers, cold hard cast. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free to play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000. In total cash prizes. That's $100,000. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Gil, Matt, and Kelly. Kelly had a great idea today. Over at DraftKings, they have Super Bowl exactas. Exact results. Who will beat who, specifically, in this year's Super Bowl. The big game, I believe we're supposed to call it.
6: Not only when the Super Bowl gets close. Oh, to okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. nobody cares about it for ten months. I see. But then when we get close, you then be God forbid. Yeah. Okay. Goodell might come after you then. So we have. So they have every. I don't know if they
4: have every single possible matchup because that would be crazy. Yeah, it's pages and pages. Though. Yes. Um, so we have each each of us has our top three, correct? Is that how you want to do it? We'll start with Matt. Yeah, we,
6: we'll, let's start with the short shots. We, we could look at the short shots that they do have posted, and that starts with the Bucks over the Bills.
4: Oh, this is the shortest of the shots. Yes. All right, Bucks over Bills, Bills over Bucks, both 35 to 1, and then a quartet of them at 45 to 1, Rams over Bills, Bills over Rams, Pack over Bills, Bills over Packers. And then you see the rest, including at 55 to 1, the Bucks over the Chiefs, and the Chiefs over the Bucks. Huh. All right. Matt, what would you come up with? What would you like best?
5: Yeah, well, I kind of went about this from a standpoint of if I'm going to make a bet so ridiculous. Exactly how I came up with it. I'm going to get rich on it. Yes. <laughs> because, like, I'm not going to make this a ridiculous bet and get a 35-to-1. Like, by the
4: way, let me just say this in advance. If any of us matched on any of these, it's pretty remarkable. Oh, we did. And that's incredible, right? Yeah. Because there's tons of these.
6: Or, or or I will say, I guess I don't know for sure if any of us match, but there are a lot of very similar ones, I will say. Okay. Um, the other one, is it Joe Peta? I mean, this, these are ones that I, I would like to bet a few of these uh, this year before heading into them. If they are in the 200, 300 to 1 range, and you have three or four in your pocket heading into the season, I think there's nothing wrong with that kind of bet. What did Joe Peta have to do with that? I thought he was the one who regularly bet these. These, oh, like, long, long exact as preseason. Oh,
4: I'm not maybe sure. Maybe I'm just
6: making that up. Yeah, I maybe mean, it might be. Still, you're, you're welcome to make it up. <laughs> Good job, Joe. I was like, what did Joe Pita have to do with that?
5: <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, 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 didn't, I didn't catch the, yeah, the, the tie-in either.
6: I thought he hit, like, a massive one of these, like, a year or two ago. Joe Pita? Yeah. Uh, well, let's just move on, because I'm probably confusing yeah. the story. Okay.
5: Back to you, Matt. Well, I'm thinking about it, too. Gil's last day, you couldn't wear a beard shirt. <laughs> Really? You know what? I got exactus for Gil. <laughs> you know, I, I got tennis arms you know coming on. You know yes. What? You know what? You couldn't wear a beard shirt. <laughs> this this, <Really>? this show <laughs> is
6: already curtailed yeah. around Gil's final day. Okay? I make a
5: Mount Castle bet for for the show. It's a, I just ruined you it. Could I ruined wear the a beard shirt like is we're trying to tie everything. <laughs> to All right. I'll thing.
6: leave for an yeah. hour to a wardrobe change. Yeah, Come I mean, on like, back.
5: Okay. Boy, I I was the airing cool. of grievances is going to get better. Starting early. Could wore a jacket and whatever. Anyway. So, I again, I'm not making one of these ridiculous bets if I'm not getting rich, if it actually hits. So, uh, I started at 90 to 1 with the Chargers over the Rams, which I was actually shocked that it was this long. Me too. Because it was like, okay, Rams, a pretty chalky choice on the NFC side, and the Chargers, a pretty. Uh, up and coming, certainly getting a lot of buzz if everything were to go right team on the AFC side of things. So, Chargers over the Rams at 90-1. to 1. I came back with a Chargers over Eagles at 200-1 to 1 because, again, I talked about this NFC side of things. I think that outside of the Rams, and maybe if you want to consider the Bucs, though, I'm going to need to see it. I mean, reports are now that Godwin's might miss the first month of the season for them before he's able to come back. Um, Gronk just retired. So now it's like, okay, now it's Cameron Brate and Russell Gage are going to be the, you know, your replacements for Chris Godwin and Gronkowski, uh, and Antonio Brown. Let's not forget that. Right. I mean, Antonio Brown was a big contributor for the team until he went crazy. And so. Um, there, there's <laughs> medical diagnosis. Yes. Yeah. Not never had, never had one single second of medical uh, school in my life. So don't, don't, don't take that. Um, he but called, yeah, so uh, crazy. I think that NF, I think that NFC is, is fairly wide open. So it wouldn't shock me again, if everything went right for the Eagles, which kind of plays into my next two plays, right? Which is the chargers of the Eagles at 200 to one. I'm pretty bullish on this chargers team coming in. I have a ticket on them to win the, the AFC West. I think that this team, as far as a talent standpoint on both sides of the ball, is right there with just about anybody in the league. Now, health is going to play a large role in every single one of these teams to the to the end, which is why I'm playing a 200 to one or a 300 to one in all of this. So, uh, final one being Eagles over the Colts, and that's the longest you know one that I, I put in there. But listen, this isn't. I I don't think this is out of the realm of possibility. This is an Eagles team here that. I think is, is, is poised to maybe win that division with the talent that they brought in. If Jalen Hurts is able to take that next step, I think that there's a good chance for, for, for them to win the NFC East. And If that's the case, then, hey, look, you know, you get on a hot run, you get on a heater. The Bengals, by the way, came out of nowhere and made it to the Super Bowl. You just get in the tournament and then you win some games. And then, and then once that happens, you find yourself in the Super Bowl and then on, those, on the other side of that, that Colts team, man, listen, we were all pretty – we were all pretty high on everything about that Colts team last year except for the quarterback position. And I think that Matt Ryan's going to have enough in the tank to maximize what we thought maybe that Colts team could be last year. And it wouldn't surprise me if they put together, with the talent they have on both sides of the ball as well, some, uh, a, a decent performance here and could maybe put together some sort of run late in the season. So that's a 300-to-1 for me.
4: It is remarkable how similarly we, we thought about this. First of all, we actually match on one exactly. Chargers to beat the Rams was one of mine at mm-hmm. ninety to one. And by the way, I just flipped it and did the Rams mm-hmm. and the Chargers also at ninety to one. I too could not believe that this was this long. Again, the Chargers with Bosa, with Mac, with J.C. Jackson on that defense now, and with Justin Herbert, who just is phenomenal. And I view them now with the Chiefs without Tyreek Hill. I actually view them as a better football team than the Chiefs until proven otherwise, quite frankly. So I have both of those at 90-1. to 1. The Rams obviously the defending Super Bowl champions with Aaron Donald back in tow and that team largely intact. And then I did throw in the Bucks to beat mm-hmm. the Chargers as well because if Tom Brady gets that far, he ain't losing. And so 70-1 to 1 on that. But generally the, the philosophy is the same, which is if you're going to do this, just go nuts, yeah. Just go crazy, and anybody who mocks you for your pick, they don't know anything either. Kelly,
6: yeah, uh, this will surprise everybody. My first one: Rams over Chargers at ninety to one. Now, did you look at ours and then just decide to put that in? No, did I did mine last night, so I okay. did before you guys. All right.
4: Actually, there you go.
6: So yeah, 91. So all three of us landed on the same matchup. I didn't mean that snarkily. I was just trying to get to the point that we all yeah. came up with a Yeah, ball, yeah. I, yeah, I said mine in last night. So yeah, we all landed on that same matchup and, and Gil, I don't blame you because I kind of sat there and was like, well, do I want Chargers over Rams or yeah. Rams over Chargers? Yep. And I, I think i give the slight lead to the Rams, but you know. That
4: would suck to get that far and lose <laughs> right.
6: on exactly. that game. So uh, yeah, I love that. I mean, I, I'm w- i with you, Gil, and I think we kind of all are We're Chargers, I'd probably give the slight lean to in the AFC West. Um, so the I mean that basically means I think they're the second best team in the AFC behind the Buffalo Bills. Rams, like you said, Matt, I mean it's Rams and and maybe the Bucks in the NFC, but otherwise I think that NFC's pretty wide open. And the Rams are the top team in it to me. So 90 to one on that kind of that kind of matchup, I I love that one. Uh, Bills over Vikings and to me. That's where I'm getting the best team in the AFC, and kind of like you talked about with the Eagles, Matt. and This kind of where I, I, my eyes kept circling around different Eagles and Vikings options because I kind of have them in the same, the same camp of NFC teams that could surprise given the right situation, right? So Bills over Vikings. They went 160 to one long there, and then my long, long shot Chargers over Vikings, which. I I first wrote down the one you did of Chargers over Eagles, and I was like, wait a second, Todd. what was like two fifty to one versus three fifty one? I'm like, I'm getting a hundred hundred more on the Vikings instead of the Eagles. So I went that direction instead. Three hundred and fifty to one Chargers over the Vikings. You
4: cannot quit the
6: Vikings. No, I can't. Oh, I, I've been able to quit him for four years. It's a bunch of <laughs> it's a bunch of burnt up futures tickets that have been going strong for three years. Wyatt Check is downstairs laughing again because I'm going to be doing it again this year probably. Yeah, but but 161 and
4: 350 to one. Why not?
6: That and Devontae Adams is gone. So hey, I feel like I got a better chance this year than I have any years in the past.
4: Did we know that we all shared this uh, love for the Chargers? Or is not just know. coming out for the first time. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Feels like it's coming out for the first Because
6: Matt and I reacted pretty quickly to the Broncos when Russ got traded. Yeah. I can't remember. You did, did you I, get a betting game? I was right there. You did right MVP, right? You did, did MVP. MVP. and yeah. then I, You then did then the I, smart bet.
4: I know. I did MVP, and then I stupidly, right before oh, I walked okay. out, I did the Columbo thing <laughs> where I'm like, one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet the Broncos to win it all. It was just stupid.
6: So when Russ went there, I think all three of us, yes, jumped to the Broncos, but, yeah, I think all three of us have come around to the Chargers. Well, good on DraftKings,
4: once again, for having these available fun to bet. Now, is every actual combination up there, like, do
6: they have I think so. the Jaguars beating you know, uh, Detroit? Yeah, keep spinning your wheels for two seconds. We got the Falcons over the Jaguars at... Yeah, that's a lot of zeros. Hold on. <laughs> 10,000 to one. Oh, I mean, anytime you give me 10,000 to one on anything... <laughs> There's plenty of options you gotta for you to make bet. That bet. <laughs> you gotta make those bets. Come on. Let's go.
1: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil
0: Alexander and Matt Brown on v the Sports Betting Network.
4: Back on primetime, Gil, Matt, and Kelly appreciate all the uh, tweets we're getting here tonight. Uh, Danielle Alvari, still to come on the show, an original member of the Primetime Action crew here uh, on My Final Night on the show. We'll also uh, hear from Drew Dinsick about the NBA draft, and oh, what a betting trajectory at the top this has been. But before we get to Drew, let us go to Adam Levitan from Establish the Run. To give us his thoughts on this and bets that he's already made on the 2022 NBA draft, which is 48 hours away now, 48 hours away Thursday night. How you doing, Adam?
8: Hey, good to see you. I'm doing well.
4: Talk to me about what's happening at the top of this and the odds to be the first overall pick where, you know, yesterday morning... I was on a numbers game talking about, hey, at nine to one, anywhere between nine to one and 12 to one on Paolo Bonquero, this seems like a really good bet to me. But that's me doing it in a vacuum. This had been moving, I guess, before that. And then yesterday went crazy to the point now where Bonquero's is just over two bucks.
8: <laughs> yeah. And we had this in the NFL also with Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson. You know, it's, I think somewhat rare that we don't know who's gonna go number one in these things so close to the draft. I think that the NBA this year kind of riding the draft up right against the finals. There's been a lack of information for sure. And you've seen that reflected in the betting market. I mean, I saw Jabari Smith get out as far as minus four hundred, minus four fifty to go, number one overall. And then I've seen him be a dog to go, number one overall. Now I think I saw him get back out. To minus two ten, it just speaks to nobody knows what's going on at nobody the top. So knows. my strategy, yeah, my strategy has just been to take as many long shots as possible at the top and get some really good long numbers on all these guys to go one, two, three in different combinations.
5: So Adam, what what story then do you tend to believe as we head into the draft here in in, uh, in a couple of days?
8: Yeah, my current default is that it's going to go the chalk: Jabari Smith one, Chet Holmgren two, Ben Caro. Uh, three, but it would none of, I, I do much better betting, you know uh, other ways because I have such long prices on on Jabari to go two, Jabari to go three, on Chet to go one, on Palo to go one, on Palo to go two, et cetera. and so I, I, I honestly don't know, I hope it's not the chalk, but my lean right now is that it is the chalk, but man, I, I really don't know.
4: Right now, we're seeing, by the way, Kelly, what are you seeing? As
6: the yeah, so updated number? numbers. He's been moving all day today. Jabari Smith down to minus 210 now. We saw him kind of go to, I think it was minus 150 uh, was where I saw him at earlier today. And then you got Boncaro plus 250, Chet Holmgren plus 350 right now at DraftKings. Wow.
4: Chet Holmgren, who who has openly said, want to go play in Oklahoma City. There was something about it him not doing his medical stuff. For uh, you know, getting completion for the magic, very, very interesting uh, things swirling around here. You do have some other bets though, Adam. Uh, specifically, let's start with uh, with uh, Benedict Matherin, and you have a you have a play on him where the number is, or I guess, the juice is much greater than it was when you got it.
8: Yeah, so I, I try to I try to give stuff that's as close as I can to where I took it, and, and some stuff. Well, pretty much everything has moved, but um, yeah, I didn't think this one would move as much as it did. But Mathurin has been a guy who we've been on since we started doing this process. I think he has a legit chance to go number five. I think he has an outside chance to go number four. But there was under eight and a halves out there as recently as the 10th of June. And then, yeah, just yet, just this morning uh, took Mathurin under six and a half minus 110. I don't think he'll go in the top three, but I think four, five, and six are all really viable landing spots for Mathurin at that point due to, due to just a, a very, very legit prototypical NBA prospect.
5: You got a couple of different uh, plus money bets of guys to go in the first round. How did you come around to those guys?
8: <laughs> yeah, I took a bunch of these and and some of them stuck, which is always scary at the line and, and some of them uh, and a lot of them moved. And so uh, I took Keels in round one, plus 450, Christian Braun to go round one plus 450. Caleb Houston, plus 450 to go in round one. Max Christie, plus 350. And Andrew Nemhard, plus 300. I I think when you get into these bets, the books, just like you can see in the prices, they're like, oh, we don't really know. So let's just make it plus 450 and see what the market does. Right. And so anytime they do stuff like that, where there's going to be an edge there, I thought that Keels, Braun, Houston, and uh, Nemhard were pretty close to coin flips to go in round one. I could see them going late round one, early round two. And obviously, if somebody's gonna flip a coin for you and give you plus 450 on either side, well, we're gonna take that all day. And so, yeah, I think all those guys are good at plus money. I would consider all the guys I mentioned close to a coin flip. There's
4: a lot of uh, a lot of buzz that uh, or a little conventional talk that the the draft doesn't start till pick number four, Adam. That's uh, mm-hmm. you know like we we know who it's Smith, Holmgren, and and Barcaro in some sort of order. Sacramento's sitting with the fourth pick right there, right now, anyway. And so the conventional wisdom is that it would be Ivy going at four to the Kings, but the Kings have to Aaron Fox. And so it's not exactly the most natural pick for them to make. What do you believe happens there?
8: Oh, I think it's Keegan Murray. I I mean, uh, I think Keegan Murray goes four and Ivy goes five. I know the Pistons really like uh, Jaden Ivy. And so I I think the the Pistons also have a chance to take Mathurin as well, as I said. But yeah, I think Keegan Murray, who, um, you know, I don't, Love maybe as much as other people, but I think the Kings are, that would be my bet right now, that, that Keegan goes four, Ivy five, Mathurin six. Adam,
5: I know we were just going to talk about NBA here, but I do want to, to get some thoughts from you. I know it's pretty early in the process here. This information kind of came through this morning, but... With this Deshaun Watson situation and the the 20 of the 24 having being settled and all that, has that changed anything on y'all's end from the, either the way you look at the Browns, the way you look at Watson, the way you look at any of the props from the guys on the team, anything like that? Has there been a trickle-down effect of, of the news that came down this morning?
8: Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, there's not a lot of Brown stuff up, or really any Brown stuff up. I was able to get... Ah, uh, some Browns futures a couple weeks ago at Circa. I have not seen win total or odds to make playoffs uh, anywhere else, and same with the props. You know, I have not seen any props on Brown stuff from a projection standpoint. You know, we've been layering in more and more Jacoby Brissett every day for the last. It feels like a month. You know, every day. Well, we better give some more Brissett, more Brissett, more Brissett. And so, yeah, all all the Browns guys are sinking in in our rankings, and they're sinking in ADP also for people who are doing fantasy drafts. Right now, so, so, yeah, I think it's very real that, that Deshaun Watson sits out uh, at least half the year, if not more. That's, that
4: seems to be the, uh, the conventional wisdom again. At least half the year, if not more. Might be a full year. We'll see. 20 of the 24 lawsuits again settled today. Just from an NFL, let's sort of, I'll go with that. NFL draft versus NBA draft. Obviously, the NFL draft is a huge thing for all of us. Historically profitable. It has been for you as well. The NBA draft here in Las Vegas, here in the state of Nevada, we legitimately, Adam, 48 hours before the draft, have one book with one prop up. That's it. And so I just I guess the the question is, do you do you enjoy betting this? Obviously, it's not as huge as the NFL draft. But is it a sort of little profitable nugget for you every year? Nonetheless, where you are.
8: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, we have access. The markets were slow this year. I'll say that. And, and not just in Nevada, but everywhere. Uh, I only had access to number one for a really long time, then only had access to one, two, and three. Just in the last few days, we've gotten access to over-unders and head-to-head matchups and who will the Knicks take first and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I think that the NBA draft is just like the NFL, just with less information, you know, and, and there's less people that are uh, clued in, insiders. There's left. Melk less Mel hyper types and stuff like that who are giving out information so I, I think it's harder but the books are also a little bit laggier with moves and so yeah I think from an ROI perspective you probably can't get as much down as you can in the NFL draft but from an ROI perspective I think it should be a pretty similar NBA versus NFL
5: we talk, Gil mentioned that that fourth pick with the Kings and, and whatnot. Do you do you expect there to be anything major come down? I mean, we know that there is uh, some guys who want to be moved from certain teams. There are certain guys who don't want to play certain places and things like that. I mean, do do you expect there to be at least a little bit of chaos tomorrow, uh, Thursday?
8: I hope so. I, I hope there's uh, a, a lot of chaos. <laughs> I think there'll be there'll be trades for sure. I, I know the Wizards are rumored uh, to be considering a trade. I heard some Pistons. Trade rumors as well, but just like in the NFL, you know, this is the time for disinformation. If I really liked a guy, if I really wanted to go to a team, there's no way that I would say it to a reporter or or publicly uh, at all. And so it's always a a tricky thing to try to balance what's real and what's what's a smokescreen at this time of year. Um, But again, I think there will be chaos, as as Matt said, and therefore I'm, I'm just looking to grab these really long prices that are out there, or at least, you know, they were out there in the top three, but they're still out there in other places as well. Denver
4: drafts 21st. What are the chances of them drafting Nikola Jovich to go along with Nikola Jokic?
8: What are the chances that happens? That would be good for the bid. We have him yeah. in that range. We have We have him going 19th. We have the Nuggets taking Dale and Terry oh. right now at, at, at 21, but we have Jovich uh, going going 19th, <laughs> so uh, we'll see.
4: How did, how, who do the Warriors take? Who do the defending champs take at 28? Who do you have?
8: We have Christian Braun to the Warriors at 28, the kid from, from Kansas, and, and that was the one that we took at plus 450 to go in round one. I think that one got bet all the way down to... To even money or so so yeah i think the christian braun uh warriors makes sense too
4: all right adam good luck with the draft always appreciate the time man all right appreciate it good luck adam levitan everybody from establish the run who uh boy they had themselves an nfl season had themselves an nba season where you say their bread and butter is at this point i, I mean pretty, hard hard I mean, to even any, say
5: any pro yeah any props yeah really.
4: no. all right good on him he's definitely got some bets uh, in pocket that are already ahead of the uh we're just going to be the close, that's for sure. We'll come back, Wimbledon odds. we got some big NBA news as well. Primetime action on a Tuesday night from the South Point.